In southern states like Louisiana, there usually isn't a whole lot of reliance on the federal government to lead the way on abortion, LGBTQ rights, and a host of other issues. Down here, many people, and the people they often vote for, are proud to believe that states know how to best handle their business, and the federal government is either too big or too removed to be telling any state what it should be doing. But there's always an exception, right? For Louisiana, it's been just fine following Washington's lead on the minimum wage, which is currently $7.25 an hour. Louisiana is one of five states that doesn't require a minimum wage. It uses the federal minimum wage as a baseline. An interesting thing about how the Louisiana legislature has approached the minimum wage for many years is that traditional belief of locals should be the ones making decisions on local matters doesn't seem to apply. In the case of a minimum wage, the bigger brother of state government apparently knows best. The state has preempted, has said that local governments cannot set their own minimum wage rates, which is the supreme irony that we have in the state. That's Erica Zucker. She's the Director of Policy and Advocacy for the Workplace Justice Project at the Loyola College of Law in New Orleans. Back in 1997, I think it was, the state legislature passed a law that says local governments cannot set their own minimum wage rates because we need to have uniformity. But then never has never done anything to raise the state minimum wage rate. Right. As a whole, the state said these municipalities can't right. set the minimum wage, but as a state, right. as a whole, we're not really going to talk about the minimum wage. Right. So we can't have local control, but we're not going to do anything about it at the state level either. I'm Tan Trung, and this is the Tan Report. The last time the minimum wage in Louisiana was adjusted from six fifty-five an hour to where it currently sits at seven twenty-five an hour was back in 2009. As his second term nears its end, Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards is calling on the Louisiana legislature for what he calls a modest increase to the minimum wage. When this year's legislative session began a few weeks ago, the governor listed the minimum wage among his priorities during a speech at the state capitol. I find it embarrassing and frankly immoral that we have not raised our minimum wage, even more so now because of the impact of inflation. More than 20 states raised their minimum wage on January 1st of this year, and that doesn't count the many that did so in the years prior, and many states have done it multiple times. You know what, where I was and what I was doing the last time Congress raised the minimum wage, and by the way, they raised it to $7 and a quarter an hour in 2009. That's what it still is here in Louisiana today. I was sitting at a desk right back there as a freshman legislator. So that's why I'm supporting Senator Gary Carter and Representative Ed Larvardane's minimum wage increase bills, and I urge you to do that as well. And in the meantime, I'll use my executive power to raise the minimum pay for state employees uh, so that they're not paid any less than $10 an hour, which is the first step in the two bills that I just mentioned. Governor Edwards has made this pitch to legislators every year during his two terms. Erica commends the governor for his effort, but she says many workers in Louisiana need much more than a few extra dollars an hour to improve their money situation. And as we have seen year after year, as our minimum wage has stagnated and the costs of living, all of the costs of living have gone up, the people of our state have fallen farther farther and farther behind. We are now, I think I saw today, that we are the poorest state It's always, you know, we're all neck and neck with Mississippi of who's the poorest state. Um, People are leaving the state because they don't see 
a chance of doing better here. They don't see the legislators working on their behalf. That's really, that's a, that's a difficult place to be in. If you're a salaried employee or making a decent amount of money, you may just tune out anything that has to do with the minimum wage or the Fight for 15 campaign, which most recently got national attention during the height of the pandemic when workers in various labor sectors held street demonstrations demanding they get paid a living wage of at least $15 an hour. When you work for an hourly wage, you tend to pay attention to when wages change, or in the case of Louisiana, when they don't. Before I got into podcasting full-time, I was working part-time at a loading dock. I started at $17 an hour, and then I got paid $19.50 an hour when I took on some extra responsibilities as a part-time supervisor. When I was short on hours or when I worked overtime, the difference in my paycheck was very noticeable. Now, I can't speak for everyone I worked with at the loading dock, but it was common to hear a lot of coworkers say, I'm going to stay a couple of extra hours and keep working, or I can't call in sick because I need the money. There was this consistent mix of joy and pain on paydays. Some workers would be all smiles when their check was maybe 80 or 100 bucks more than what it was the week prior because they worked extra hours. And there were some workers who'd look upset because their check was smaller than previous ones. Maybe because there was some problem with the clocking system, or they had to go home early one day because they had some emergency at home. Whether it was a fatter or thinner paycheck, most of us at the docks were acutely aware of what we were getting paid every hour, and we had a lot of company. According to Oxfam America, there are more than 802,000 workers in Louisiana who earn less than $15 an hour. That's almost 39% of all workers in the state. Problems with paychecks and wages, like an employee claiming their boss didn't fully pay them for the work they did, are sort of the bread and butter for the Workplace Justice Project, where Erica Zucker works. Because we are a law clinic, we have a limitation. We cannot represent anyone whose household income is more than 200% of the federal poverty level, which unfortunately here in New Orleans and Louisiana is a lot of workers. I'm horrible at math, so Erica spent some time trying to explain the level of income a worker would have to meet if they wanted the clinic's legal help. Ultimately, Erica gave me an estimate. I think it's around, for, for one person, it's around between twelve dollars and $13,000 a year, I'm going to say, is ballpark. Erica's area of concentration is labor policy. And she says for far too long, the Louisiana legislature's policy on raising the minimum wage has been hands-off. So what we hear from opponents of the minimum wage is they don't think that government should be telling employers what to do. You know, sort of the basis of laissez-faire economics. We should let people set their own wages and, you know, if employees don't like it, they can go somewhere else. Um, it also says that we don't value our workers very much. And so what we also hear is, oh, minimum wage jobs, the only people who work with minimum wage jobs are you know, high school students earning pocket change. These aren't meant to be real jobs. They're just starter jobs. Nobody stays at a minimum wage job for very long. You know, it's, it's all this sort of bootstrapism that, that it's either somebody who doesn't need the job, so therefore they don't really need to make wage. A decent wage, or it's somebody who's not going to have the job for very long, so it doesn't matter that they're only making $7.25 an hour because they're presumably going to be leapfrogging on to, you know, $8, $10, $15 an hour. Opponents of raising the minimum wage often include small businesses like restaurants and bars who usually have small staffs and small budgets. If they had to increase wages, it can be a big financial burden. 
I know something about this because my family used to own and run a restaurant. Luckily for us, almost everyone working at the restaurant was a family member. We didn't talk much about pay or wages because we were all working for the sake of the restaurant, which really was our own sake. Of course, not every place is run like that. One of the common voices that I hear are usually from small businesses, Mm -hmm. the mom and pop Mm -hmm. restaurants that say, look, I have eight employees, nine employees, maybe at best. I can't afford to take on this expense of bumping up wages. Like, how do I compensate for that? And it'd be backbreaking for small businesses. I'm not, and I don't want to put you on the spot for that, but how does that play into the overall debate about whether we should raise the minimum wage? Because many people would say, we simply can't afford this, and this would put businesses out. And when you say that, you know, usually any support for policy will kind of be stifled. As I said earlier, I, I definitely, I definitely, um, sympathize with businesses who are generally trying to make a go of it and really don't have this. I'll say a couple of things. One is that the big businesses, the you know, the national fast food firms, the companies, the Walmarts, the McDonald's, many of whom have now raised their wages, ironically. But for years they fought the increase in the minimum wage. And so that put small businesses in a really in a difficult position because for they could raise their wages, but they were always going to be competing because of economies of scale, right? So if costs go up on something, Walmart can afford to, to pay absorb to absorb the cost and not have to pay their workers more. Whereas a small business is gonna is gonna, you know, their labor labor costs are a much higher percentage of their overall cost. The other thing I'll say is, you know, anecdotally what we know from working with small business organizations, like one of the one of the organizations we work with here in New Orleans is is Stay Local, which is a, 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 a association of small businesses is that many of them, <clears throat> probably possibly most of them, they did a survey a few years ago, pay already pay their workers higher than minimum wage. They um and they really look out for folks. And, and, you know, again, that's what I've heard from other panels that I've been on in, you know, in this long ongoing effort to work on minimum wage around the state is that, you know, businesses that understand what it means to take care of their workers and who want their work, their employees to be able to participate in the economy, understand that they need to pay their workers more and they do. So if that is the case that most businesses in Louisiana already pay their workers more than the federal minimum wage, then what would be the impact if legislators would actually approve a minimum wage bill? Erica says if done right, raising the minimum wage could give employers a more predictable way to anticipate labor costs. Since we've been living in this state of no minimum wage laws and and no raising of the minimum wage, what difference would there be if, in fact, this would pass? To put it in the context of what's happening right now, yes, Governor Edwards has, for the eight years of his he's been in office, has proposed what he himself has has accurately described as a modest increase in the minimum wage. For many years, I think even until this year, the proposals that he 
brought forward were usually to raise the minimum wage just a little bit, to set a, min a state minimum wage rate at $8 or $8.50 an hour. This year, there are two bills, um, one on the Senate side, one on the House side, to raise the minimum wage to $10 an hour beginning in January of 2024, um, increasing $2 every two years until 2028. Unfortunately, these bills don't do one of the things that we've always recommended to go into minimum wage bills, which is an index provision so that it's tied to the consumer, the inflation, rate of inflation and the consumer price index. I think that does a couple of things. One is it means you don't have to come back and raise the minimum wage again because it's automatically gonna go up usually it's around two percent a year it also again from the employer's perspective it puts some some certainty into what your labor costs are going to be i certainly feel for a small employer who you know if we were to go to a 15 dollars minimum wage or even a 10 dollars minimum wage when they've been able to pay their workers seven dollars and 25 cents an hour and suddenly they see their labor costs jump that's a significant expense that they need to take on whereas you know if we have a provision that indexes it they would have that prediction they would have that predictability going forward erica says an increase in the minimum wage could also help workers cope with the effects inflation has had on almost every part of life i mean one of the things that we know is if you have a minimum wage job there's a the national low-income housing i can't remember the exact name of the organization but the national low-income housing coalition puts out a study every year that shows the cost of a two, the average cost of rent of a two-bedroom apartment in every state and then you can break it down by localities there is not a single state in the country where someone making the federal minimum wage can afford a two-bedroom apartment anywhere in the country. anywhere nowhere not the most rural state not the obviously not the ones with the higher housing costs. Is that a single person or are we talking families? A two-bedroom, you know, I think they do a whole scale, but, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of it are that housing has, the cost of housing has exceeded the minimum wage by a lot. And that's what we see here. We, you know, we know and our, our, um, Allies who work on affordable housing legislate, uh, policy know, and our allies that work on transportation policy know, and the people who run the food banks know, that people who are working for minimum wage, first of all, in order to make it, you need to have multiple jobs. If you're a single parent, that means you have to have multiple jobs and also be a single parent to your kids. If you're in a two-parent household, that means often that at the very least, both parents have to be working full time, and sometimes both parents have to be working multiple jobs. So we're, we're not creating any good quality of life for families. Um, the United Way of uh, Louisiana and United Ways in several other states around the country have since, I believe, since 2015, for a while, since several years before the pandemic, have done this report they call the ALICE report. ALICE stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed. That's a long acronym word, acronym that basically means the working poor. These are people who are working 
but who don't have enough money. And in Louisiana, and they break it down parish by parish in Louisiana, where we have over almost a quarter of the people and almost a quarter of the households in Louisiana fall into either below the poverty level or below the Alice threshold, meaning they do not make enough to make basic to meet basic monthly expenses. So one out of four households, more than Correct. one out of four households in, in the Correct. state. Correct. Almost one out of four. I think it's around 23%. So not quite a quarter, but at least Still as sizable. of the last word, a sizable percentage of the people in the state do not make enough money to make basic monthly expenses. And when you which means that they're always living on the edge. They're always trying to figure out, you know, what do I have to not pay in order to put food on the table? What do I not have to not buy for my child in order to do this? You know, nobody's getting new shoes this year or, you know, which food bank is open at this time of year? You know, and and the Alice figures actually include they factor public available public benefits into the equation. So sometimes these are people who are working and getting public assistance in the form of food stamps or Medicaid or you know whatever other programs are available, housing pro, housing vouchers, and still are not able to make it. And so when we don't increase the minimum wage, we we're basically saying as a state that our people don't deserve to be able to be self-sustaining. One of the things I have heard in my career as a labor advocate is, um, oh, you know, you're anti-business. And I, the last thing I would be is anti-business because workers need businesses <laughs> in order to have jobs. I don't, I just don't want businesses to, to exist by on the basis of exploiting their workers. This will all come down to the support of lawmakers in Baton Rouge. Here's an ad from the governor's office trying to lay out the pluses and minuses of a minimum wage increase. Governor John Bell Edwards has recently made a budget proposal for 2023. In this new proposal, he wants to designate $33 million towards raising the minimum wage for all state workers. Governor Edwards believes that investing in the success of Louisiana families is investing in the success of our state. If the budget proposal is approved, the new minimum wage for state workers will be $10 an hour. The ad acknowledges that all of the governor's previous requests to get a minimum wage increase have failed. His spokesperson uses words like hope when describing the governor's final attempt. He's hoping that, um, you know, by raising, using his executive power to raise the state's minimum wage, the minimum wage for state workers, that the legislature will follow suit um, in raising the minimum wage statewide. It's estimated that state workers who would be affected by the governor's executive order would see their salaries go up by $5,000. But even the governor recognizes, at least in the ad, that all of these proposals, the executive order, the two bills in the legislature, won't bring profound changes to many workers, especially the working poor. This is from the end of the ad. But a local financial advisor tells us not to be too excited about the wage increase. This doesn't do me any good to get a $15 minimum wage when my my bills and expenses increase by 25, 30, 40%. It's not really helping me out too much. And I've just maintained or kept the same standard of living that I was already at. And understanding that as the backdrop, what's your confidence level that the minimum wage law or a minimum wage gets raised at all here. given the makeup of the both the, the labor committees in both the house on um, both the house and the senate in louisiana i don't think these are going to get out of committee 
I've been in the Labor Committee enough times to see that none of the stuff really gets out, no matter how good the arguments are. To be honest, I think that the only way, I mean, I think that the best thing the people of Louisiana could do is really go to their legislators because every single one of these legislators, Republican, Democrat, they have a lot of constituents who are not making it on minimum wage, not making it on $10 an hour, not making it on $15 an hour. That Alice population that we talked about before, they live in every parish in the state. And maybe that's where we, we have to be now, is that it, we need to be taking this, we need to be taking these kind of direct actions, calling your legislator, sending a letter, going into a legislator and saying, this is my pay stub, these are my monthly expenses. I can't, I can't support my family if I don't make more money. Erica says the underlying message the legislature has been sending through its inaction on the minimum wage is this. If you want to better your position in life, you should pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. That may be easier said than done. Erica says the financial reality for many hourly wage workers in Louisiana makes it almost impossible for them to get ahead without some boost in pay. We had a an absolutely clear, perfect example of that during the pandemic and afterwards. Because the the additional unemployment, that $600 a week, that meant that everybody who was getting unemployment was getting the equivalent of $15 an hour, people were actually doing better. I mean, we kept people from being evicted. We kept people, you know, we enabled people to be able to buy food. We enabled people to do that. Then there was the passage of the temporary child tax credit, which was, you know, $300 in the bank account every month of everybody that had child dependents. And we know there is ample evidence that that significantly decreased the amount of child poverty in this country. There are people who have, whose children had been in poverty for years and years and years, and suddenly they weren't anymore. They were able to afford basic necessities for those children. And so it's, it's quite ironic to have a legislature that jumps all over itself to talk about how they're pro-life and pro-family and yet doesn't take measures to make it possible to sustain a family. This is a broader question, and I'm, I'm curious as to what you think and how this idea of America mm -hmm. being this meritocracy that if you're good enough, you'll be able to get out of your situation, and you, as a worker, you earn what you're worth. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a dead-end job that's paying minimum wage, then that's just more incentive for you to get out of there. And I'm curious as to how you think that kind of plays into this idea and our approach to minimum wage, because I think that people of means will always see this, whether it's a fight for 15 or a fight for 10, whatever it may be, that it's something they're so disconnected to because I got myself out of the situation. Why can't these people get out of the situation? How do well, you think that factors into I think it? that people need a dose of... I mean, I think people need to take a... Heart. I think we've been sold a bill of goods, or a lot of people have been sold a bill of goods because um the people in the middle aren't doing so well like the people at the very top have done really well and everybody else has kind of stayed flat or gone down 
the value of most of our incomes has actually gone down. And the people at the bottom have had it the worst, but a lot of the people in the middle have got it pretty bad too. And they've been sold this idea that like, oh, if you just work hard enough, you'll get it. But there's, I'm hoping people are starting to realize that that's not really happening. We need a bigger change. I do want to point out that the proposed minimum wage bills in Louisiana have multiple exemptions. And getting too deep in those seemed like getting too deep in the weeds. I also want to point out that wages in Louisiana have gone up in recent years. According to research by the payroll firm ADP, annual median wages for workers in Louisiana reached $54,000 in March of this year. Back in October of 2020, it was a little more than $51,000. But even with that increase, Louisiana's annual median wage ranks 30th in the country. If the past 14 years is any kind of indication of what state lawmakers will do, it's unlikely a statewide minimum wage will be established this year. Erica's prediction that the bills won't make it out of committee is solid so far. This week, the House version of the bill never emerged out of committee. If this is left as it is, which for all intents and purposes, seeing the track record, it seems like we're not going to raise the minimum mm -hmm. wage. What does that do further down the road, understanding the level of poverty that we have in New Orleans and Louisiana as a general? I really don't know. I mean... We're losing population We're losing already. population. I think people, people who can leave are going to leave. I think certainly what we're going to see is we're going to see more of our young people who have the opportunity because they can go to college somewhere else or because they can get a job somewhere else. They're going to leave the state. And I think we're already starting to see that. I think that people who have means or family or resources somewhere else are going to who maybe never would have thought of leaving. I mean, Louisiana used to have, maybe still does, but used to have the highest proportion of any state of people who were born here who still stayed here. We had just people left state and state and state. The people who won't be able to leave are the are the people who are the poorest because they don't have the resources to leave and for the same reasons that they can't really stay because they don't have money, they can't leave either because it costs money to leave. For many years, Louisiana's minimum wage has been stuck in one position, and you could probably say the same for many of its workers. In New Orleans, I'm Tan Trung for WWL Radio.